Welcome to the program. As I fight through some computer issues this morning, we're getting taken care of and covered. But uh, for now, we know this: we're on the air, and that music worked. It's one of the few music that have worked this morning. So, Doctor Blodgett is with me this morning. Doctor David Blodgett, the director of the Southwest Utah Public Health Department. Thanks for coming in, Doc. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me again. Always love having you. You provide, uh, I say it every time, you provide a a little bit of voice of reason in uh, sometimes what has become an unreasonable world. Yeah, wow. Thank you. That's a nice compliment. I hope hope it's so. (laughs) It feels feels like it. And and, and I will say this. uh, We we talked in recent days with uh, school districts and with other officials in the area, and to a man and woman, every one of them has said that, Public health department here in our area is so good to work with. They're so, uh, they, they, they're not, well, well, let's face it, Dr. Blood, sometimes government agencies uh, aren't necessarily super efficient, but, yeah. they, but you guys have been really, really good. Well, thank you. I, we, you know, we, we try not to be, that's what's best about local government, right, is we're here and we actually interact with you and that's what's really important to us and we want to be of service and do our job well and Hopefully we're doing that. So, <clears throat> I had an issue. I, my, my name is the, my son is Andrew Allen Griffin Jr. and so I become a senior. You know, later in life I become a senior. But anyway, um, we had some IRS issues and uh, uh, try getting something done with the IRS when it comes to Social Security numbers oh, and yeah. taxes. <laughs> Uh, the, the wait time was like three hours on the phone. Yeah. I mean, it was brutal. And then, and then you get, and you get a low level person who doesn't know anything when you finally do get through. And if you need any help beyond what their scope of knowledge is, which is very small, uh, then you've got another couple hours of wait. So, uh, and then they tell you, uh, okay, well, we'll work on it. And, uh, if it's not fixed in two or three months, get back to us. Uh, That was really the answer they gave us. So I'm, I'm glad you guys aren't like that. Ah, oh, man. I hope we never are. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we need a serious redoing of our business model if that's what's going on. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right. So let's talk uh, vaccine. Uh, it's been a hot topic, of course, the last few weeks, the last few months, I guess. Uh, but it's finally becoming a reality here in southern Utah. Thank goodness. Uh, tell us, uh, first of all, kind of how that's been going and, and, and give us an update of where we're at. Yeah, so it is uh, exciting to have the vaccine starting to roll out. And um, it first came to the hospitals and they've been vaccinating their workers um, now for a, almost a month. And um, yeah, we started to get vaccine. We started our clinics just Monday. So um, we're doing um, other healthcare workers, first responders, and hope to branch into um, teachers and other K through 12 people in the schools here within the next week or two. So uh, we're working our way down the priority list that's been generated by the governor. Um, once we get that group done, hopefully, maybe by the end of the month, we'll see if how well it goes. It's just a matter of uh, supply and demand. Um, We'll start into general population groups. So we'll start with those over 75 and then work our way down in ages until uh, we 
have a chance for everybody to get vaccinated. So This vaccine we're talking about is the, the first one, right? The, the, that takes two doses, basically. Right. So both of the, both of the shots that are out take two doses. Um, most of what we've had or everything we've had is the Moderna product, which is a little easier to work with. It only requires freezer temperatures, not super cold temperatures. Oh, okay, so we didn't get the Pfizer one. Yeah, the, the hospital has the Pfizer one. They, they have that capacity for super cold. Um, and so... Uh, they, I think, will have extra doses and be vaccinating some people um, in the community as well. You know, uh, as many vaccinators as we can get on board, the better it'll be. So uh, we'll, we'll see that ramp up to where, you know, the shots will be available from us, certainly from um, the hospital, but also from pharmacies and your doctor's offices and those kinds of things as, as it becomes more uh, prevalent in the community. It's just a, it's, right now. It's just a supply issue. There's a there's sixteen thousand doses coming in uh, every week into the state, and so we split oh, the whole up, state. Yeah, we split that up oh. through the whole state, and we, you start to figure out some of these mm-hmm. these risk groups, like you know, healthcare workers. <laughs> there's what one hundred and fifty thousand or two hundred thousand of those. So you, you you start doing the math, and it takes a little time to have those doses go through. So when it is your time. Uh, to get vaccinated, get in and, and help us with this process by signing up and keeping your appointment and coming in and uh, uh, and getting done. Don't delay because we'll be moving on into other groups. You know, and we if don't want to. If you miss your that. window, do you? You, you? It'll always still be available. You can go backwards, but um, but it doesn't help us to sure. to have a shot for you and then you don't take it and it just sits there. You know, for another day. So we've had. Um, so we we post on our website which which groups we're working on, um, and then links that, so you can sign up uh, to come in, and we keep a, a vaccine for those that have registered. Um, so so then, walk us through the process then. So okay, so I'm say I'm a first responder, right? Uh, maybe I work at a dentist's office. I'm a dental hygienist or something like that. Uh, what do I need to do right now? So you can. Go to our website, uh, to our coronavirus page, which S- everybody's tracked, swuhealth.org. Swuhealth.org. Yes. Um, slash COVID or? Uh, yeah, I think it is slash COVID. <laughs> but just it, it'll pop up right to the main site, and then there's there's a scrolling tab across the top, and it says coronavirus information. You click on that. Okay. It'll pop right up. And then right under coronavirus information flag on that page is a big green button that says information about vaccination. Perfect. Click on that, and that'll take you right into... I uh, did just now, by the way. Yeah. My so, computer's back. Oh, good. It's, it's back up, right? <laughs> so then um, you can see uh, there's some general information about which groups we're serving now, and then you can see all of the clinics that are lined up um, down the page. So go to the county that you're in, which Looking is at Washington, Washington County. Right now, yeah. Yep. So you click on Washington County. It'll open up all of the clinics that are available coming up. And, and you, you click here to register. And you, just, and you, yep, you click on the time that works for you and uh, fill in some basic information. We're, we're going to have to, well, so you might have to create an account with the, the registration software, and that will, you know, make it so. But once you have a slot, uh, we guarantee you a vaccine. So come in during that t- at the time that it says there, and so it keeps the flow going through easily. In general, 
it's less than five minutes from when people hit the door to when they have vaccine. Um, this recommendation from the CDC is that you wait for 15 minutes. So we have a waiting area there. You can sit and uh, just make sure you're doing okay. No reaction. And then you head out. Is uh, I know people are going to wonder this, and so I have to ask it. Is there... Do you have to prove that you're a healthcare worker, that you're a first responder? Right uh, now we are. Yeah, we'll we'll check your ID when okay. you come in, and so um, you've got to have something that says, "Hey, I work at a, right, at a hospital right. or at a dentist office or whatever." Yeah. So so here's some general qualifications. One, bring ID to show who you are to match up with that reservation, and two to show you know that you fit into that risk category that we're doing. Okay. Um, wear a short sleeve shirt. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it Bro. sounds silly, but having to undress is, you know, takes time. Number one, two is a little embarrassing because it's a little bit of an open environment. And so uh, short sleeve shirt uh, really helps to, to facilitate the process. But people forget. And then, you know, anyway. So, so instead so, of a sweater, bring a jacket. Yeah, bring a, a jacket over, shirt. over a short sleeve there shirt. There you go. Um, but, yeah, that's really it. You know, people... Um, for the most part, this kind of fits in the normal response to vaccines, but uh, there are some that have reported some body aches, and it, it's a very robust immune response to this vaccine, and so that's what you expect to see, some, some little, maybe a little bit of achiness, maybe a little bit of soreness in that injection site. Um, a couple of our employees reported a little bit of nausea maybe for, so maybe for 24 hours, uh, take it a little easy, but that's a sign that the vaccine's really working. So, Have you uh, had one, by the way? You know what? I am not in the high risk group yet. So my number has not come up yet. Well, so it, it, we, the, the group, it says we can do the, public health workers that are actually giving the vaccines, oh, okay. but everybody else, we're supposed to wait until we get further. So you're not eligible. List. Huh? Not even eligible okay. yet, hmm. but I will when it's my turn. So I, I will as well. Yeah. <laughs> I know there are a lot of, a lot of our listeners like, I'm not taking that. Thing. Have you found, uh, and I, I guess this is hard to prove or hard to quantify, but have you found people uh, are a lot of them are like I, I'm not taking it. I, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't think they're saying they're not taking it. I think there is some amount of well, let's let's see how it goes for other people, and then we'll get it <laughs> kind of thing going on. Um, I'm going to wait five years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, we only end up in the kind of forty percent range for flu shots every year, and so you know, it's pro- perhaps not unexpected, but. Um, yeah, it is. It is a highly effective vaccine. It's got a, a great safety profile. It's been very, very well studied. We've talked about that in the past. How they've, um, you know, they've overstuffed the study arms just so that they could uh, make sure they had, you know, a wide exposure. Um, you know, sixty thousand in each arm for the Moderna vaccine. That's just a huge trial and uh, really very safe in everything they've been able to document and quantify. And so it's can, it's. Can you- it's really, really a miracle that to have a vaccine this quickly, and uh, I hope people will take advantage of it. Can you compare that number? We're hearing 94, 95% effective. How does that compare to, say, your your typhoid shot or your rubella or, or whatever, the, the regular vaccine? Yeah, so there is one other vaccine that gets into that kind of effectiveness rating, and that's measles. That's the only one that gets that's that high? That's really that gets that high. Wow. Well, there are some that kind of get into that 90 to 92 or 3 percent range, but generally they're they're three part series. Um, mm-hmm. So, like uh, 
I think the new Shingrix that has come out is somewhere in that range, but it's two. It takes two shots. That's uh, for shingles? That's for shingles. Okay. Um, but most vaccines come in this kind of 85 to 90% range, which is all good. They're all excellent good, vaccines. Yeah. Um, it's, it just puts in a little bit of context where we're at. Um, there, nothing's perfect, you know, obviously, but uh, this is about as good a vaccine as you could hope for, uh, given given all the variables that are out there. It's very, very effective. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to get it out and uh, really want to get through these first groups into the the elderly um, as, yeah. as quickly as we can because that's where we need to start really having a lot of vaccine going out. So. Well, and I've been I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, Doctor Blodge. I was a little critical this morning uh, when it was announced that they were going to go not not the, the healthcare uh, workers, but then they went. Next group was was school staff, yeah. and and I have nothing against school staff, but they're not the ones that are dying from this. It's people that are 75 and older that are dying for this. Why aren't we moving them ahead and into, you know, to get that, to get that vaccine quicker? Well, I'm going to play the political answer and say, say I'm not the one that makes that decision. So (laughs) that was a decision that was made at the state level. And, um, but that's just where we're at. <laughs> okay. Good answer. No, I, I understand. Uh, if you have a question for Dr. Blodgett, please email me today. We're not doing phones. If you want to email, it's agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com or maybe easier news at cherrycreekmedia.com. We would love to hear from you, but uh, we're, we're uh, be, because of the volatile nature of some things right now, we're just going to stay away from the phones for a little while. But uh, And also I'll give out a text line. The text line is 435 435- Four six seven five eight four two. If you'd like to text a question or email news at cherrycreekmedia.com, we would love to hear from you. Uh, let's go off COVID for a second. You talked about shingles a little bit. This is a, uh, as far as I I know, Doctor Blood, and you can tell me the history of it. I don't remember shingles being a thing until what, a couple of decades ago. Yeah, well, it's always been a thing. It's just we didn't have a vaccine. Yeah, until okay. a couple of decades ago. So. so, but so people were getting shingles. Uh, 50 years ago? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. it's, as long as it's so sh- shingles is actually recurring chickenpox. Right. So so as long as chickenpox has been around, which I think is probably since the dawn of mankind, people mm. have had shingles too and and suffered terribly with it, you know. So And um, shingles has a very uh, kind of a harmless sounding name. Oh, it's just shingles, but <laughs> it is actually from what I, I I had a cousin who had it. It's ex- extremely painful. Yeah, if you have it, it is not something you put on your list of things to ever have again. It it's, mm. it causes neuropathic pain, right? So the the virus hangs out in your nerves and waits for a moment when you're a little bit immune down and then it breaks out and so you've you've got actual virus in your nerve and inflamed and 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 causing all kinds of trouble that uh, that neuropathic pain we call it is 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 really hard to treat and deal with and uh, so the, the pain painful. is at, at the side of the sores or where where is the pain where yeah. are you feeling the pain? so it's coming from the we call them dermatomes, mm-hmm. the, the innervation of the particular nerve that's been infected and now is, is uh, breaking out. And so you, you'll see it, it, it. It's like drawings in your medical textbooks, right? <laughs> how, the, how the outbreak is, how the, the vesicles, they're called, the, the rash from the, the virus will follow along those, uh, those dermatomes, those areas of innervation for that nerve trunk. And um, uh, and so, and it, but it can do things like get into the lining of your brain and cause meningitis Ooh. or 
guys, you know, eye problems and blindness and thing, you know, it's just really pay, very, very painful stuff. And so, um, getting a vaccine for shing, shingles is, is a big deal. And the new, so, the new version of that Shingrix is very, very effective, hmm. um, in the nineties. So, so tell me the, the, there are myths I think surrounding how you get it or, or, or why you get it. If I had chicken pox as a kid, am I more likely or less likely to get it? More. More likely. So I had chicken pox when I was a young boy. I think I was like eight or ten or something. Yeah. Yeah. So all of us that have had chicken pox in our life have chicken pox still, right? It's, it's in it's, there. Somewhere. It's in your nerves. And mm-hmm. um, it's just waiting its moment to, to break out and, and uh, have a party. So <laughs> that, <laughs> you got me nervous now. I, so, so it's there. So if I had chicken pox, you would advise someone like me, average person who had chicken pox 30, 40 years ago, yeah. uh, I should get vaccinated. So, so the recommendation is once you hit 65 to get okay. your Shingrix shots. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's worth it while for everybody um, to do. I, I, it, just talk to somebody that's had shingles, and they'll tell you it's it's just not worth it. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> horrible, yeah. Um, okay, so what about if I never had chicken pox? Is it a matter that I'm going to get it eventually, or is it a matter of just and I happen to be one of the lucky ones? Yeah, so e- even if you don't think you've had chicken pox, most have, right? It's just ubiquitous, and um, some people get it, you know, when they're very, very young, and don't even the parents don't even notice it. It's so mild, but uh, most most survey studies where they try and figure out what percentage of the population has been infected <clears throat> place it very, very high. Now, all that changes with the, tri- the, the chickenpox vaccine. It'll be interesting to see how that impacts shingles and, and uh, as we go into the future. But in theory, that should have a big impact on whether or not you get shingles. So that it is different for those that uh, have been around for the chickenpox vaccine era. Okay. I I I uh, had chickenpox, so I never got the vaccine, which came later in my life. So yeah. I'm actually in the next ten years or so a pretty good candidate. Yeah, that I, I, should I, get. I would get that along with the pneumonia shot. There's a several, you know, adult shots that you get about that 65 age range. And it's a one time only, one one time shot. Shingrix is two. It's two? a two shot series. Okay, um, but okay, fascinating. I always wondered about that because. Uh, like I said, I had a cousin that had it, but most most people I know that are above the age of sixty five have not had shingles. Yeah, uh, well, so. and so it's not a hundred percent. About twenty percent of the population gets shingles. So, uh, and and generally, but it always hits when you're in your weakest moment, right? So <laughs> you've got a, a so long infection you've been part of. Some, something happens to weaken your immune system. And then here it comes along to to make all the fun even more fun, <laughs> so, yeah. so that's part of the problem. <clears throat> Misery loves company. That yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. Let's just pile it on. Let's make it extra worse on Andy today. That'd be great. <laughs> We're talking with Dr. <laughs> David Blodgett from the Southwest Utah Public Health Department. If you'd like to uh, to ask Dr. Blodgett a question, please email it's uh, a Griffin at CherryCreekMedia dot com or news at CherryCreekMedia dot com, or you can email our text line at four three five. Four six seven five eight four two. Love to hear from you if you want to be a part of the show. We're talking vaccinations today. Uh, you know, I, I have a. I want to be careful because they may be listening. But I, I have a friend who uh, whose family is. Uh, they call themselves anti-vaxxers or just uh, against vaccinations. 
and uh, I, I've tried to. It, it's it, it's an emotional topic for them, and so we can't really talk about it very much. But I, I've tried to wrap my brain around what their reasoning is behind not wanting to be vaccinated. I know there are some claims out there, Doctor Blodgett, but have you been able? Has anybody made a rational case for not getting a vaccine? Not, not that I know. No. Okay. Good short <laughs> so, answer. I. I mean, I, I've read through both sides of the literature, and I understand um, what their some of their feelings. I have some in my family that are um, the same way. I just. Um, of all the interventions that have ever been developed in the history of mankind, vaccination has been the single most effective thing that's happened to mm. prolong life and improve um, uh, mortality and uh, save children, right? So it, it used to be that the average life expectancy, even as, as late as uh, 1900, was about 45 wow. in this country. And that's mostly because so many children died from childhood illnesses, even even measles, which we think of as pretty mild, uh, killed 5,000 kids a year in the United States, you know. And um, so just the sheer scope of, of, the, of what those diseases did um, before vaccines were available. When, when the polio vaccine came out, kids, mothers lined up around the block because, you know, every year there'd be a, a big polio up, outbreak. And, yeah. and you still see some... You know, they're they're very much in the older category now, but they have paralysis related to polio that they've let, they've lived with their whole life. You know, before the vaccines came out in the fifties, and so so just because we don't see those diseases, I think we forget just how devastating it was, and um, and to have something as simple as shot that now you know alerts your body to what that disease looks like, so that when the disease comes around. You're just not susceptible to it is really a, a remarkable thing that we've been able to figure out as a society. And so so you take, you know, the really baddies that used to kill <clears throat> hundreds and thousands and millions of people like smallpox. Smallpox killed a third of the people that got it. And now it's wow. no longer present on the planet, right? And so uh, it'd kill a third. Another third kind of wish they died because they were so scarred up. <clears throat> you know, yeah. their faces were... Um, yeah, really badly poxed up, you know, with smallpox, and um, and we, 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 I just don't even think so. So this disease, COVID, is probably about point two five percent fatal, right? <laughs> and so we, we don't even have a scope of the scale of something like a smallpox or a plague or something like that going through our communities when it when when smallpox would kill a third of the people that got it. You know, we just don't even we we, we can't relate to that. But that's only because of vaccines in the modern era. And um, we just I it it's it's a mistake to not um, recognize that immunization has gone a long way towards extending life and uh, quality of life in America. So and 102 years now, three years since we had any any global pandemic uh, that, you know, because of vaccinations, we've been able to get rid of those. And, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I think, you know, it, it's I don't know if sad is the right word, but maybe had had that been a little closer to uh, our current lifetimes, maybe our reactions would have been a little bit different to uh, our current pandemic. And, yeah, may, I think a little more perspective would have been helpful. Yeah. And and um, so so here we are. You know, we've got a 
a pandemic that's uh, certainly certain age ranges and certain physical conditions is much more of a problem, you know. So those over 60 we've talked about and those with medical, underlying medical conditions do much worse with this. And I just looked down at my belly, by the way, which would be an underlying medical condition, <laughs> obesity. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And so, yeah. so, man, if we can if we can keep people out of the hospital, you know, which has been part of the problem with this mm-hmm. and and we can keep people from dying from this with a with this very simple vaccine series, you know, two shots. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 worth it. All right, we got to get a weather break in. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, something that's happening around the world, uh, new strains of COVID-19 or maybe yeah. even a different number. We'll talk with Dr. Blodgett about that. We'll again uh, go over the schedule for vaccination so that you can get vaccinated against COVID-19 uh, when we come back and we'll be right back, Doc. Okay. okay. Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. That's me. Thank you for tuning in today, 938. It's uh, once a month we get to hear from Dr. David Blondin. Dr. Blondin's here today. Thank you for coming in, Doc. Appreciate it. It's great to be here. Thank you. My, my mom passed away this summer, but I remember, she was a big fan of yours, by oh, the way. No. <laughs> uh, I remember her asking me once, she said, so you call him Doc. Does, does that bother him? Does he hate that? And, and I, I, I never really thought about it, but I, I don't know. Does, do you like? Does, no, no, that's great. You're good with that? Just, just okay. don't call me late for dinner. And I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, I never felt, I mean, if, if, if there was a, you know, if I, I'm a DJ, I guess you'd call me DJ. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. But, uh, nah, I think it's an honorific title. I appreciate okay, it. Thank good. You. All right. I like calling you Doc. It makes me. It makes me feel. It's a familiarity thing. It's you know? good. I like it. Yeah. I call. I call. Uh, it's funny. I call my personal doctor by his first name. Uh huh. But and then I call you Doc. So I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. Well, maybe, maybe that makes me better. I don't know. I, I think so. Although he's seen me naked. So. <laughs> and you have not. Yeah. So that's okay. I don't need to. No, I'm glad. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm down with that too. Uh, we got a, a couple of questions, uh, and then we'll talk about this mutation. Actually, one of them ties right into the. Uh, mutation. Uh, Dennis says, will this be an annual shot if the virus keeps mutating? Yeah, so the the press has been really strange on all of coronavirus, but particularly on this whole mutation issue, they just seem to love to think that that's going to be the next clickbait for them, you know. Um, But people don't realize they there's mutations almost every time a virus replicates, right? I mean, there's tracking through mutations is they, they track them aggressively, but there's millions that they've documented in the United States and, and thousands or hundreds of thousands in, in the UK where this particular version they seem to be focused on came out of. Um, And so far, uh, the the indication is it's this is a pretty stable virus as far as uh, the parts that would create immune memory and uh, be part of the vaccine and all of that and so um, there hasn't been any indication that it will change whether the vaccine works and all of those kinds of things so we'll keep tracking it yeah, obviously viruses can change uh, that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying. Um, chasing every mutation is going to be a pretty fruitless effort and we're all going to be up in arms again for, for the next 20 years if we do that so short answer is no for, for now we're, we're good right okay. and so uh anything's a possibility but this virus 
it seems to be the kind of stable virus like measles is. You know, the same vaccine's been available since 1950, and mm-hmm. this, the vaccine still works. And uh, the coronavirus seems to be in that kind of more stable category than a very volatile virus like flu, which we get vaccinated for every year. But it's a spectrum, right? And so uh, we'll have to see. Uh, I I know everybody's tired of that. Well, we we don't know because we only have a little limited experience with this particular virus. But I I think where we'll end up with, with this coronavirus is that it will look a lot like the other coronaviruses we have in our, you know, that circulate every year, 30, 40% of common colds come from coronaviruses. And I think Hmm. this one will end up in that same kind of category where we've all been exposed to it. We've had an experience with it. Their bodies are pretty, pretty used to it. They fight it off easily. And so even if it changes a little bit, it's still kind of in that spectrum of, of what a common cold looks like, but we'll have to see, um, you know, give it a a few years for now. The vaccine is highly effective and and working very well. And, and I don't anticipate that we'll have to have another uh, follow up to it or a new version of it, but, uh, I, I could be wrong. We'll, we'll see. It just depends on what we learn as we go forward. Okay. Uh, next question. Will there be enough vaccine for everyone? Yeah, so plans are that there will be vaccine for everyone by the time um, before too long. So the question is, what does that timeline look like? There isn't now, obviously. Uh, But as that vaccine capacity ramps up, as they bring on more vaccine manufacturers, uh, you might have been tracking that AstraZeneca has been getting approvals around the world and probably will in the United States in February. Uh, The Johnson & Johnson product is is nearing... uh, uh, seeking approval. So that would be a fourth one. That right? would be a fourth. Um, and so the, uh, the, the goal, um, so AstraZeneca alone is projecting that they'll, they'll be able to produce 4 billion doses. Oh, wait, um, isn't the planet 4 billion a <laughs> yeah. year? Wow. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, so that's, there, there's seven, eight billion people in the planet, you know, and so. We're up to seven or eight now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but between all of the vaccine manufacturers, I think, uh, and, you know, United States, because we produce them and we've invested heavily in it, will be first. So uh, I'll learn a lot of that vaccine. So, yes, we will have vaccine available. I, to be honest with you, I'm more worried we're going to have fridges full of vaccine and people not taking it. So, mm. um, so we will. That's a that's we, a real. I mean, you how 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 many flu vaccines do you get that don't get used? Yeah, you know, every year. Yeah, so we we produce a hundred million doses of flu vaccine a year uh, out of three hundred and thirty thousand million uh, million people. Yeah. Sorry, three hundred and thirty million people. I don't know where that came from. Uh, so you know, about a third, third to to forty percent of Americans get a flu shot every year. Um, you know, if we hit that range for COVID, that's that's an underperformance. You know, when yeah. you're trying to stop a a disease that's caused as much havoc in society as this one has. So, um, my my hope is that we'll see a higher acceptance rate of the vaccine, uh, but we'll see what happens. You know, it's it much has been made of the politi- politicization of of COVID nineteen, and and certainly, I mean, there are people I, I will not wear a mask, and there are people you can't tell me to. You know, then I have to stay six feet away and this, that, or the other thing. There's plenty of that. Uh, but when, when it comes down to the vaccine, um, 
I mean, <laughs> there's some crazy theories out there. Well, this is, you know, it's a mind control vaccine or yeah. this, that, or the other thing. But yeah. the truth of the matter is this, this vaccine, whether, whether you want to believe it can, you know, somehow control your mind or, you know, uh, oh, sorry about that. That's my bad. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 almost on cue. Like, yeah, it was on like cue. You're getting a revelation <laughs> or something. But uh, the, the vaccine is... There's, there was so much money. I know there are lives at stake, but when we're talking about the big drug manufacturers, they stand to make or lose so much money from this thing. To, to me, that's almost vetting the product. It's saying, look, I mean, Johnson, Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, whoever, they're not going to put a product out that's going to harm people because then people won't use it. And as much money and time as they're investing in this, uh, they're going to make sure that theirs, is, as, as far as they could could develop the best one yeah. because there's so much at stake. Well, and, and, and also what's at stake is the overall trust in vaccines, right? And mm-hmm. so part of the debate mm-hmm. well, that's been yeah. going on in the medical community is, look, you put a bad vaccine out here and people aren't going to... People never take one again. Yeah. And so there was an example where they rushed a vaccine in the in the late 60s, early 70s, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't end up actually really doing too much damage but enough that people there was a shaking of the confidence in vaccine manufacturing and and i'll you know in some ways the whole profession never recovered from that and and so really getting this wrong would have been a very bad bad way to go uh, for this thing no matter what the pressure was on it and so so i'm i'm with all the data I've read and everything I've been able to see, and I'm very confident this is a good vaccine. So, if you go back to it, and I'm not a historian, and, and you, you're a doctor, and you, you probably know the, the thalidomide thing back in it was yeah. in the fifties, was yeah. it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was uh, in the fifties. What what happened with that, and 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 what shading effect did it did it have on people? Well, so yeah. So here was a drug that was developed for other purposes that people found out. Wow, I don't have nearly as much morning sickness when I take it. Oh. Um, and it had been approved in other places um, in Europe and in other places for taking for you know morning sickness and other things. And so they just figured, well, other people have done it, and they didn't do a very good job of vetting it here in the United States. And so it got used by millions of women. And, was it a prescription? Uh, yeah, it was a prescription well, okay. medication, and and it turned out uh, to cause very dramatic birth defects, right? Shortened arms and things like mm-hmm. that. But it, you know, nobody knew it until it had been on the market for almost a year. And so. Um, so that was an example and and one of the teaching moments in the FDA's history where they took a step back and made everything much more rigorous and you yeah know, it that it, 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 it history is important and so that that example is is the example of what happened when somebody did wasn't paying attention and doing their job and and so it makes government more inefficient in <laughs> the FDA processes, you know, 250 million or whatever it is to get a drug through the process. But that's part of the reason is that they check and recheck and they redo and redo. And, and, uh, that has avoided a lot of that, you know, it's never a perfect process, but some of that really dramatic stuff, uh, has just never happened again because of that redundancy and then, you know, the FDA process. So, so then you come forward to a vaccine like this, and they've got all that in place, and, and then this extra emphasis, and they even doubled the protocols again just to try and make sure that they found everything that they could, and, and uh, so far it's been great. Okay, got a couple, of more, a couple of more texts and an email to get to in a moment, but do we 
need to get another commercial break in. We're talking with Dr. David Blodgett today. Dr. Blodgett is the director of the Southwest Utah Public Health Department and one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet. <laughs> You're kind, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> we'll be right back with more from Dr. Blodgett. And real quickly, I want to thank Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a show sponsor, and uh, he's been aboard since I've been aboard and much longer. He's a loan consultant, and his specialty is taking care of the customers. Let them know every step of the way what's happening uh, Joe Shoney is the, is the kind of guy that you're not going to get a surprise phone. Hey, you have to be here. here, here you know, phone call or a text. You have to be here in eight minutes to sign a, a piece of paper or you lose the loan. No, that's not the kind of loan officer Joe Shoney is. He's the kind of guy that, that lets you know exactly what's happening every step along the way. So if you need a refi, a home, home equity line, uh, if you need a home loan, a reverse mortgage, whatever it may be, Joe Shoney is your guy. Give him a call today at 435-590-6300. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, 951. Not a lot of time left, but if you want to email, uh, you can email agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com or news at cherrycreekmedia.com. We're talking with Dr. Blodgett today. Also, you can text. Our text line is 435-467-5842. Dr. Blodgett, we'll jump right to uh, some of the questions. Uh, this one says, uh, the, the companies, is it true the companies are not li- legally liable for the bad side effects and casualties that the vaccines may cause? So early on in the in the history of vaccine development, it was realized that if you have if you can sue a vaccine manufacturer um, for things because the system is pretty messy and it's really hard to determine if something was caused by a vaccine or not, uh, that there would be no vaccine production. So they created a, a, a vaccine harms restitution fund, basically, is what it is, where for every vaccine that's distributed or sold, there's a dollar that goes into a fund. And then there's a, if you feel like you've had an adverse event to a vaccine, there's a board that then hears that case and distributes those funds. Um, they've been pretty liberal about, you know, it's a no-fault system, so you don't really have to determine fault. You just have to say, here's something that happened somewhere around a vaccine um, time. So I, I know that's um, one of the things that that uh, bothers people about vaccines is that uh, that you can't sue the vaccine manufacturers. Um, there is there is a different mechanism though that all of that happens. So if the vaccine's found to have side effects or have problems, then it gets yanked from the market, right? So so the review process is so stringent and so so overblown and ridiculous that. Um, that nobody is going to be willing to produce a vaccine unless without this idea that everybody is contributing uh any any vaccine sold contributes to this uh, restitution fund and so um so it was a wise move in order to ensure that there would be the availability of vaccines um i I, I guess everybody has to determine what they think that means from from the standpoint of trying to maintain and supply a, a steady, safe, and have vaccine manufacturers that actually manufacture vaccine. Uh, it was a good move. I, I would add to that that, yeah, they're not uh, maybe liable in court, but uh, if you are vaccinated by a company's product and it turns out badly for you, uh, are you going to use that product, that company, ever again? 
Yeah. I, you know, I mean, there's the, the court of public opinion, so I think that's big. Yeah, too. and you have to go through the bad press of having your vaccine pulled from the market, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's absolutely devastating. So companies, we don't vac- manufacture very many vaccines in America anymore um, because of the legal environment here, mm-hmm. and because, uh, quite frankly, the Clinton administration regulated prices on vaccines, and so they all said fine, and they all went to England and other places, and so. So we've been very vulnerable on that, and uh, Moderna represents a return uh, to vaccine manufacturing here uh, that we hadn't had for a while, and Pfizer has has started doing it again. But that's uh, a relatively recent phenomenon based on this event. Um, Really, most of the vaccines that we use are produced elsewhere, and uh, Hmm. I I would argue that's a bad thing. It really is. I'll agree with you on that one. Uh, okay, who is paying for the COVID-19 vaccines? So um, the Trump administration prepaid <laughs> okay. uh, six manufacturers to make the vaccine. It was called six. Operation Lightspeed. Or, or warp Speed. Warp Speed. Warp yeah, speed. Warp yeah. speed. Um, and so those vaccines have all largely been paid for, um, and so they are free to the American public. The distribution is is um, was also passed in the last stimulus package and so uh it it likely will end up that nobody will have to pay anything uh to get their covid vaccine okay next question do you schedule your second shot when you get your first shot no um so you you just need to know so we're giving out moderna vaccine if you get a vaccine from us you need to come back 28 days later so a full month and get your second shot sometime in that range doesn't have to be exact but uh sometime after that 28 days okay. uh, and we're gonna have we will we'll try and send reminders but but i don't know how perfect that system's going to be and it, you know kind of relies on you picking up your phone kind of thing and we've learned that that's notoriously not good to rely on so everybody just needs to know that uh your second dose comes a month after you got your first dose Okay, good. Uh, one uh, caller says, what are the ingredients in the vaccine? Is that something that we would even understand? Um, well, this particular vaccine that we're talking about, the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine, is a little bit um, interesting technology. It's been worked on now for about 40 years and finally come to fruition. It's really it's amazing. It, it it uses an mRNA vector, which is, if you study cellular biology, I mean, I don't know how to complicate and, and it to I don't, get here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it teaches your body how to produce the protein <clears throat> that you, your body uses to identify the bug. So there's, it's called a spike protein, which is what the virus uses to uh, enter the cells. And so um, the, that mRNA is transcribed in your cells to so that it produces that um, identifiable immune event uh, right um, at the site where it's injected. It's it's uh, pretty remarkable actually, but how quickly then that allows your body to recognize. So uh, it's it's an imperfect system when you you know squish up a bunch of virus and shoot it in there because sometimes it recognizes the right part and sometimes it doesn't. This allows. Uh, a targeted approach to uh, targeting that spike protein, which is what allows the virus to 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 attach to your cells, you know, rip it open and empty its contents into your cells, and then re- replicate. So, <clears throat> um, so it's it's really a 
an amazing technology. We uh, um, down, <clears throat> finish up. We've got a minute left. Okay. <laughs> Go um, ahead. So, are there lots of other ingredients? No, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I haven't looked through. I mean, I'm sure they have a list on the website, but um, um, I don't. I, I wonder if they're getting it thimerosal. I, I, to be honest, I haven't researched whether there's thimerosal in this one. Um, thimerosal is a preservative that allows it to come in multi-dose vials, but they've come up with others since then, and. So the only thing that has thimerosal anymore is flu vaccine, and I, I apologize. I don't know whether it's in this. Um, okay. And yeah, it's a very, very, very tiny thing. We've talked about the fact that there's more mercury in a tuna fish sandwich than if you had 200 vaccinations. You know, it's all yeah. uh, it's all the same stuff as a flu shot. It's it's. Uh, I think you just have to decide where you come down on that all risk right. versus benefit on anything. Their risk is. Teeny, teeny, tiny um, for any vaccine. But the benefit is absolutely it is huge. huge. All right. Thank you, Dr. Bonzo. We're out of time. Great to talk to you today. Okay.